Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos and welcome to the Believe Knicks podcast. I am Matthew Miranda, joined as always by Stacey Patton. Joining you uh, the day after the music died, the Knicks eight-game winning streak coming to an end at the hands of the Gumby-like Toronto Raptors in a very, very frustrating, um, I felt, loss. But I guess any loss is frustrating after you've won eight in a row. Um, well, let's see. Stacy. how was your frustration level in last night's loss versus in general? Uh, very frustrating. Um, <laughs> a lot of people saw that. Um, but um, it, they're always a frustrating team for the Knicks. I think that... Um, one thing that's clear is the Knicks defense has really improved, um, but the piece they're still missing, this is why everyone really wanted Cam to work out, is that like freakish wing who can guard a guy like Siakam, right? Or, or you know, the assembly line of wings that Toronto has. Um, Prez made a good point that uh, a guy like Cam was not solving their point of attack issue, which a guy like Grimes does a better job of. But, um, mm-hmm. but I also watched that game right after Michigan lost a very frustrating game to North Carolina. So, uh, after a lot of winning for all my teams this season and the Knicks the last eight games, it's uh, it was definitely a come down. But um, but that's a, Toronto's a good team. I don't think I still expect them to finish. I think they're going to be in a dogfight with the Knicks for that sixth spot. I'd ultimately give them the edge, and so why they're a good team. So well, exciting New York Toronto basketball rivalry, which was the first game in NBA history. I wasn't even the NBA back then. New York and Toronto. That rivalry is back, and basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis boxing, etc. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. And where the pod starts today is with a special guest. We are fortunate to have with us from the great bloggable site, VJ Vemu. VJ, um, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Um, I know you guys were talking about the Knicks uh, winning streak earlier. As like a someone who's not a Knicks fan, I think it's uh, it's pretty cool to see the Knicks doing well. Like I'm one of those people that's like you know it's good for basketball that like the Knicks are like, doing well. Um, and as someone who grew up watching Tibbs coaches teams, um, along with like a bunch of former Bulls that were on the Knicks recently, um, it's really mm-hmm. good to see. Really good to see. I'm trying to imagine if any New York Knicks fan who lived especially through the '90s would ever find themselves saying, like, it's good that the Bulls are back. Like, I'm glad that the Bulls are. There was, there was a lot of graciousness in that statement, and I, I believe it, and I believe I would like to say the same thing. And maybe we're far enough now that the pain the pain doesn't override that. Um, yeah. BJ, there's a lot of things going on with your team. Um, the Bulls, so a week ago, um, Chicago obviously faced off with the Knicks twice when the Knicks left town. The Bulls are on a four-game losing streak. Um, things are not looking good. Since then, Chicago went on a three-game road trip that ends tomorrow night in New York. Um, they won in Miami in an impressive win, first and third quarter. 
just came out and smacked Miami right in the mouth. Um, the Atlanta game, which they won on a Iota Son of a buzzer beater, um, and that great side of just a pile of bulls collapsing on John Collins. Um, so we've seen the same thing in New York earlier this season. Um, the, the Knicks were a dead team. context to use pile of bull in, by the way. Usually when people say that, they're not <laughs> talking about a literal pile of basketball players. So. John Collins is full of it. Um, but the Knicks had a similar situation recently where they were playing very poorly. The axe was swinging right over Thibodeau's head. They went on a five-game road trip out west. Um, everybody thought, this is it. And they won the first two on the road, as Chicago has done now. Is there enough? <coughs> Your team's in a really interesting situation, uh, VJ. Yeah. They're a half game behind the Raptors um, for the last playing spot. There's plenty of time, certainly, to improve and move up in the standings. Um, there are a lot of questions about about the Bulls, about how they've been to this point, about what there is to look forward to or hope to down the road. Let's start. I want to start by asking you about Zach Levine um, because he's the Bulls' most, I think, prominent player to outsiders um, and seems like the, the, the player who could have the greatest impact but is obviously working his way back from the knee injury from last season. You see him more than I do. Obviously, when I look at the numbers, the numbers suggest what you hear, which is that this is not a player who's comfortable with his body. His free throw attempts are down by a third. His block percentage is down about uh, almost 100%. He's, his, averaging, his block percentage is now 0.1. Those are both athletic um, events in a game, things that you would expect Zach Levine to excel in. We know how um, dynamic he can be offensively as a scorer, as a creator. Is there concern that, like, it's not like he tore an ACL. To my understanding, there was knee soreness. He had, I think, arthroscopic surgery to check the knee, clean it out or whatever. Is there is, is this a sense of we're just waiting for him to get there and we know he's going to get there? Or is there concern that maybe more is going on with the knee than, than they thought there would be? Um, I think at the beginning it was exactly what you said um, in terms of, like, we were like, oh, for so first of all, go back about his knee, right? So, like, um, he was, like, laboring during the playoffs. I think it was very clear against the Bucs. He wasn't 100%. Not saying, like, that's the reason why they lost. They absolutely lost to, like, a better team. We all saw it. But he was also laboring, like, through that second half of the season. Obviously, everyone knows the issues with Lonzo Ball and his knee. Um, so everyone was ringing alarm bells at the uh, beginning of the season because he was sitting up. Zach Levine was sitting up back-to-backs. He didn't look as explosive. Um, I think now it's more of, like, after the reports of, like, the locker room confrontation and then they gave up 150 to the Timberwolves. You guys beat us twice. Like, now it's a little more of, like, hey, like, that combined with the fact that Levine does look more explosive over these past couple of months than he has at the beginning. He's getting the rim more. Um, the shot making still isn't there in terms of like, the, that's what you want it to be. Um, the defense, uh, he's never going to be a plus defender. He's always going to be a, a neutral defender, I think at best. Um, so like he's, there's always going to be times where he doesn't rotate over to help and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's more of the lines of like, is he ever going to get back? It's more of that's more there, but I think it's paralleled into like frustration and what we see on the court. Um, so I think it's more like now, like, oh, do we, like, did they, should they, should they have paid him his max deal? Um, I'm in mm. the uh, club of, like, they should have. Like, they were sort of in, like, a, a catch-22, right? And they were, like, they had no choice. Like, they couldn't let him walk. Um, so um, I think he is still getting healthier. Um, the explosiveness is there. He's looked like a different player in these past two games. Like, granted, it's, it came against a Miami team without Jimmy, and then Atlanta has their own issues. But um, mm-hmm. he's looked a lot better than he has at the beginning of the season, which I said. And you're right, the stats are down. Um, but compared to how he looked at the beginning, I think when you watch him, you're like, okay, like from 
how it was at like opening day to right now around Christmas. Yeah, it's looked better, but there still is that concern because now there's that contract right next to him that everyone knows that he signed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah, interesting it's, because uh, if you look at it. Oh, go ahead, Stace, go. Yeah, I think um, I think the, the contract is interesting to parallel because um, I, I think obviously when he's fully healthy, I think Zach Levine is a better player than Julius Randle. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's not very controversial to say. Um, you know, when healthy, he's obviously an elite offensive talent uh, in a way that few players are. But I think where it parallels the Knicks a little bit is Randle on one hand is kind of a um, – he is a productive player. Uh, but he's on this contract now, which has four years. Not the easiest fit, right, um, in terms of constructing winning basketball teams. Um, you know, how are the Bulls thinking of Levine's contract? Do you think, you know, if the, you know, there is a certain team where he grew up that is desperately shop, shopping a couple of picks to try to add some firepower? Um, do you think Bulls and Bulls fans are at the point where if there's a deal that nets you – Something like that DeJounte Murray deal, or maybe even a little bit less, that they would jump on it with Levine? Yeah, um, yeah. so that brings up like a bigger point, I think, that I mean, eventually everyone has about the Bulls, and that they've, they've been correctly asking over the past few weeks, is sort of like, you know, like what's Chicago's plan? Because um, the Bulls are sort of in like, they're at a fork in the road now, where they either have to show that they're fully all in, or they completely tank this away. They don't even have their own pick this year. That's also the scary part. That, that pick's Orlando's. So it, it's a top four protected. They have um, Portland's pick, which is lottery protected. So they don't really have a, like a like a top ten pick if they do badly. But that being said, like the front office still um, hasn't shown like they're willing to push all the chips in because it showed last year. They're like, okay, DeRozan was really good. The Vucevic trade, yeah, yeah, you can call that one a, a big loss. But I like the idea behind it in terms of pushing. Um, I think they should go all out. But like you said, like if a deal does like show up like that, like the DeJounte Murray one, where it's picks upon picks upon picks that like you possibly can't give up, I think Chicago has to like take a look in the mirror. But I think we're like a month away from that, um, depending on where the Bulls are. Like now, like for because we, what we're recording this like right before Christmas, it could be a month from now they're like ten games under five hundred. It's all looking bad. Then I think that the right move is to is to do that. Um, personally, I'm against tanking because um, as a Bulls fan, like watching the past six years, this is this has been like the best like second like best two season stretch I've seen them play. Um, mm. But yeah, I would I would think I would think very hard about it. Um, but yeah, I I it's tough. Like like you said, like if they do have those picks are there, I would take them. But it also depends on where the Bulls are. If the Bulls are right where they say, say uh, still are, like right outside the bubble. Are like the bubble of like making the playoffs. I would, I would keep Levine. But if they're very bad, which they have shown that they can be this year, and they can like go on a total downslide, I would totally hit the reset button. And that starts with trading Levine and trading DeRozan and Vucevic. And I mean, I guess in terms of Levine's value, right? I think the trade that's going on, the two assets that the Lakers have, it's like the twenty-seven and twenty-nine pick. You could probably just trade Russ, I guess, and make the salaries work because yeah, of how. You could, yeah. Is that a trade you think you would be interested in, or would the Bulls have to be really bad for you to be interested in that? For yeah, for that? they would have to be very bad um, because, like, like I, yeah, Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook at this point. We've all seen it. He's still a very good sixth man at this point, but his contract is still an albatross. Those twenty-seven and twenty-nine picks, like, 
we don't know. That's like five years in the future. I'm not willing to gamble on five years in the future, like the next prospect showing up. Because the Bulls did that. Like they picked seventh like three years in a row. The past like the past five drafts, they picked seven, seven, seven. So it's not like tanking and getting all those picks helps anyway. It worked out really well for New Orleans when they did it with the Lakers. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just don't know. I like Russ and two picks would we would have to get a little bit more because you just signed Levine to that max contract and he's like your guy. He showed at least um, through like conferences, press conferences, like hey, like I want to be here, I want to be in Chicago. Um, they've decided that he's like the face of the franchise. It's not DeRozan, it's not Bruce, it's not the young guys, it's Zach Levine. Um, so to trade away the guy, like the face of the franchise, I think you would need a little more picks, but I would be open to that deal if like the right package. But like you said, it would have to be like um, like. We would have to talk like four, three or four picks or something like that coming back to Chicago. Okay, so closer to like the Donovan Mitchell package or something. Like yeah, that. but I'm not saying he's better than Mitchell. That's not what I'm saying. But like, yeah, it's like sort of like like the way Chicago is right now. If they do trade Levine, they're like fully accepting that they're going to be bad for the next like. Three years. So, yeah. Yeah, and and, take all those picks back. and getting back to the draft, uh, so I, I think kind of to, to tie a ball, I think that my impression is the reason it worked better last year, particularly the first half. Mm-hmm. Was um, I actually? I thought it was a very interesting experiment. I was a bull skeptic before last season because, uh, especially watching Tibbs and, and buying into that dogma, um, you know, of rim protection. Right? I was like, this team has zero rim protection, and you're going to ask Caruso and Lonzo to cover it all up. Yeah. And they really did. Yeah, uh, and it was fun to watch. Um, and I think Knicks fans are seeing now with Grimes and the Cry game more minutes that point of attack defense really does matter and makes everyone's job a lot easier. And Caruso and Lonzo are great team defenders. And I think on offense, their effect, especially Caruso, is, is underrated as like the connecting piece, works perfectly next to all those isolation scores. Um, but I think another bet they're making is Pat Will taking the kind of leap that his talent suggests. It seems like injuries got in the way. seems like that hasn't um, happened. Um, so I, I do want to kind of bring that up um, to say that, you know, you mentioned a couple of drafts they've been picking, and it hasn't, it's been, you know, not the greatest results. So Io, Io has been awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about Pat Will. Like, what's the the, the view on him? Or is is there still like a lot of optimism around him? Are that expectations um, more tempered now? I I wouldn't say time is running out, but I do sense like at least like from like Bulls Twitter or whatever. Like in terms of my personal view as well, it's like it's like time isn't running out, but like you still want to see more. Um, it's sort of like he does really well in spurts and then he disappears, and then like in crunch time, he's still making these mistakes, which is fine. You're being aggressive, you're still making these mistakes. You still got to be more like assertive in the game, and like I hate to use this comp because he's balling out in Utah, but it's some of the same problems that we saw with Lloyd Marketing back in Chicago, where he would like go on fire, start shooting lights out first half, second half wouldn't even have like a shot attempt, like you wouldn't even notice him on the court. But that being said, Pat Will, I think his defense has gotten exceptionally better. He's gotten a lot better, I think, especially on ball. He was a really good rim protector, like you said, and sort of helped out Chicago this year. The fact that without Lonzo, the bet that like you were talking about that they made is completely vanished, like. Like, sorry, like, I would assume he's not the defender that Lonzo Ball is. So, you still, so that's why the defense is being hampered. Pat Will has helped that a little bit. His three point shooting has gotten a lot better in terms of percentages. I would like to see an uptick in attempts before I'm fully like, yes, Pat Will is like the kick out three point guy that you can rely on. Um, he He's getting, it's, it's slow development, I would say. Um, but uh, the way Chicago is right now, that's like another thing that's also hampering is because you got a lot of these young guys and it's sort of Chicago sort of, again, like do we hold on to these young guys and let them develop or do we like trade them away for better assets? Um, so I was on, I'm sort of on the cusp of like, listen, Pat Will's getting better. Um, obviously like we have, we might have to readjust his ceiling, even though he's the fourth pick, like what we expect from, which is sad to say, but like, it's true. 
he hasn't exactly balled out. Um, I think he still can be a very good positive plus defender, a good 3 and D guy. But, like, let's say, like, a team, for example, last year, like, with the Jeremy Grant, right? Let's say, like, the Pistons last year, like, hey, Pat Wolf and Jeremy Grant, I know that was, like, the rumored deal. I would still take that deal or something like that for, like, a proven player. Like, I would still do mm-hmm. it. Pat Will's a great player. Um, I think he can be really good. But right now, like, he's still a valuable trade piece, I would say. He's not exactly a core player for this Bulls team. Is there any concern that um, – I don't know how you would measure this because, you know, the great unspoken and everything with Chicago is the fact that Lonzo Ball has been out all year and that was never the plan. And that changes, you know, everything that they do all over the place. But when you talked about Williams and and specifically and, and the marketing condition of, like, sometimes they're coming out, like, incredibly aggressive and then it just doesn't seem to hold through, the first place your mind goes is, like, okay, well, where's the point guard – who's going to keep that going. And keep, and when you look at the Bulls this year, that point guard is not there. Was there – I'm not clear on this at all. Did Chicago have any idea in the summer that Lonzo would be out so long that maybe they should invest in <clears throat> some kind of a proven point guard? Or do they feel like – did they think Caruso and Dasomu are enough? Did they think Lonzo would be back already? It seems that they got caught kind of unawares. Um, I would say, um, I would say to answer your question, I think they did know. Um, I'm, obviously, I don't have like any sources inside the building, so this is like my mm-hmm. speculation based on what they were saying in summer league after the draft. Like we all watched the press conferences and stuff like that, right? Um, so each time they like kept pushing it, they're like, "Oh, we hope he can come back. We hope he can." They kept using the word like hope and a lot of like like, "Oh, we wish he would do X, Y, and Z." Um, and that like everyone everyone who was reading that was like, "Yeah, he's not coming back." Um, like at least till mm-hmm. Christmas. Now, like he might not even play this year, which really sucks. I would say. Um, but in ter- I think the Bulls do value um, their internal guys very highly, as do all teams in the NBA. Um, and mm-hmm. that, like, they view Caruso and Ayo DeSumo as point guards, even though, like, they aren't pure point guards. Like, Ayo is more of, like, a two in the NBA, although at Illinois he was a one. He was, like, a scoring one. And Caruso, like, can play one or two, but he's not a point guard. Like, he's not, like, a facilitator, right? Um, and that's also where they got Goran Dragic. Um, that was, like, one of those few mm-hmm. free agent signings. They're like, oh, we want a veteran, right? Like, I think that was part of the deal is that, like, they were very confident after Io had a really good rookie year. Like, I think, like, if you were to swap or if you were, like, in your mind to tell yourself that Io was the fourth pick and Patrick Williams was the 38th pick, you'd be a lot happier <laughs> with the way the young mm-hmm. guys have played for Chicago. Um, but, yeah, I think it's the play of Caruso and Io at the fact. And then Kobe White's also there. He can give you shooting off the bench. But, again, he's not a, he's not a, point, he's not a pure point guard either. He's actually a small two. So, like – he always seems um, to kill the Knicks. Way, Kobe yeah, White. Hey, I'm, I mean, his yeah, one of his best games of his career, young career, was against the Knicks. I think he was like splashing through. This was very like like a couple of years back. I remember being like, "This is the best game he's ever played." But yeah, um, <laughs> it's like I think they were very confident in their um, in like their point guard because they have a lot of point guards. If you think about it, like they have a lot of guys who are listed as ones, but they're not actually ones. Um, so, uh, like I've been saying, like I think they were very confident. Um, I think it has backfired because there is no real facilitator. But there's no real, like, connector defender. Like, Lonzo is such a special player, um, even watching him for, like, half a season. Um, all that he does defensively. He can guard all five positions. He's basically a double defender. The fact that, like, Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic are not, like, great defenders, right, obviously. And that's, like, like we were talking about the bet Chicago made. The bet Chicago made was the fact that, hey, our three, our three best players can't stop you. But you know who will? These two other guys. But the one one of those guys is, is gone. So, um, mm-hmm. I... I think it's too late now for Chicago to look for a point guard, but I will say that like I think they are doing just fine. Def- like they're doing, f- they're like able to float in terms of like their offense still 
um, their offensive problems is not coming from a facilitator, um, and the defensive problems are not really coming from like a guy who can do it all. But it, it is coming from the point of attack. Uh, but yeah, to, to sum it up, like I think Chicago is fine, but I personally would have tried for another point guard. Surely, there is a point guard in the Knicks who's currently outside the rotation, although he yes, played I last night. That. Yeah, got and I think there. he has some familiarity with Chicago. A little um, bit. He might have gotten a little standing ovation. <laughs> Um, I yeah. mean, I, I'm joking, but I mean, I, I would imagine that's less ideal. I think, as you mentioned, you need someone who can plug some holes defensively. Um, Nunn is an interesting guy, although I think offensively probably doesn't give you a lot. But um, yeah, um, I don't know what Chicago is going to do in the trade deadline. Like, like you said, we're like floating out names for their point guard position. Like, I don't know what they're going to do. It all depends like how they play these next three to four weeks. I think that will determine uh, the rest mm-hmm. of their season for sure. Yeah, I think it's um, yeah. it's kind of. I'll just say that it's it does parallel certainly the situation I think the Knicks were in a few weeks ago or before the winning streak are a lot of what you said the line you said about you know if you flipped Io and Pat Will's draft spots that's at times how I felt about Obi Toppin and quickly and Emmanuel quickly um, where Emmanuel quickly went 25th and Obi Toppin went eighth but I think a lot of the things you're saying um, apply right where a few weeks ago it or, you know, a couple weeks ago, even like it, this could have gone to fire sale territory, or it could have gone to where it looks to be trending now. But even now, for the Knicks, they're they're another reversal of fortune. Um, from and I, I don't take last night's loss as a sign of that by any means. But the schedule is getting tougher. They have, um, you know, Chicago is, is starting to play better, uh, and then we got the Sixers on Christmas, and they're waking up now. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of parallels where, you know, these are teams that have bet big on a couple of guys. Um, and I think that the Knicks view a lot of the young players, um, the guys on rookie deals, the same way you were talking about Pat Will, like a nice piece, but by no means um, indispensable. But sorry, uh, Matt, go ahead. No, I just wanted to, um, you, you mentioned about the draft picks before, and I'm I'm struck if I'm getting it correctly at ha- at how wide the range is of where what Chicago's short-term future like could look like. Like this could be a team that makes the play in. This could be a team that makes the playoffs. If Levine a month from now looks like Zach Levine completely. And if Lonzo's back and like, who knows if the bulls pick is one through four, they keep it right. Yeah. yeah. So it's one through four protected. If not, that goes to Orlando. And then they had that Derek Jones jr. Trade with St. Laurie. Yeah. The lottery protected. They got lottery protected. And then also, I think we forget, they, they do have to send some picks to the Spurs for DeMar DeRozan, which is fine. That that deal is, like, one of the best Chicago has ever made in their history. But, like, yeah. So, like, the pick the pick situation is sort of, like, like it's grim if you look at it. It's, re- like, so you just have to pretend that it doesn't exist at the moment. Like, that's how, that's how like, weirdly dire it gets during losing streaks when you start thinking See, about So this it. is interesting to me, especially as a Nick fan who uh, – I feel like the Knicks and Bulls have both become like so nuanced and pronounced because they've both been bad for so long that there's yeah. we've seen all these permutations of it. You could potentially, like this is not likely, but potentially the Bulls eight months from now can have Victor Wembanyama on the team. And if Dame Lillard gets some kind of an injury and Portland really slips, you could have their pick also. Like, well, this is possible. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, if Portland stays as they have been, yes. the Bulls are in the same way. position. They're in the same position as us with Dallas, right? Like, we want them to play as badly as possible. But if Luka goes yeah. out, that they're getting the pick, right? It's the same thing with Portland. So, but it's an yeah, incredible I mean, it range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Like you could go for the playoffs. You could go for Wembenyama. You could, you know, you could tank trade. You've already got. I don't. Depending on how things are break out picks, it's and, and this ties into the other question I wanted to ask about Zach Levine. So there was the the rumored team meetings blow up. Apparently, beef with Levine and and maybe DeRozan. Um, and I'm curious as the Knicks, even in most years when the Knicks have been bad, the fans have never really been down. I think I think it's safe to say on the players. Like there's been a lot of resentment towards management, um, and there have been some lousy teams. But I don't – the Knicks, it's been a long time. I think it's been about 15 years since the Knicks had a bad team that was, like, generally disliked by the fan base. If Zach Levine – like, when this Levine thing comes out, is it being perceived by the fans as, like, he just wants to win and this is frustration and, okay, like, that, good, he cares? Is his image taking a hit at all because of this thing? Um, I wouldn't say it's taking a massive hit. Um, obviously, like when any, like we see it in sports, over sports, media people all the time. We see it when something comes out about disagreements in the locker room. Some fans will always be like, oh, this player doesn't care enough, or doesn't want to win enough here, or like whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it's taking like a massive hit, but like, like you said, like the way he's been playing poorly does not help that story coming out this past week. Like, it couldn't have been worse timing. Like, they just gave up 150 points to the Minnesota Timberwolves on a, in a game where mm-hmm. the Bulls did not look like they wanted to even be in the stadium. And then it comes out that, like, there are arguments in the locker room. Zach Levine's unhappy. So, like, it's sort of like everyone's like, well, like, the team is sort of in a rut. But, like, Zach Levine has to play better. So, it's not like – and but also the Bulls do acknowledge that, like, management is sort of, like, doing – like, I hope it's not going to happen this way. But, like, what previous management did where they're sort of, like, middling the road. And they were like, oh, as long as we're, like, on the cusp of being good, that's all that matters because it gets – like, people are going to go to games, revenue, you know, all that stuff. Like, the Bulls fans know this. Like, every Bulls fan is not naive at this point um, as, to, as to how the last management group did. Um, so it's sort of, like, worrying that, like, it was more a reaction of, like, oh, here we go again. Like, we had one good season, and the Bulls are back to normal. Like, being an ass, being dysfunctional, not being good mm-hmm. at all. And like you said, like, the range of outcomes is crazy with the Bulls. Like, they could have Victor pick one. They could have Scoot Henderson pick two. Or they could be in the first round of the playoffs this year playing, like, the Bucks, Like, again. So, um, I think it's also – that's also what makes the season so scary is that, like, you kind of don't understand. I think it's a little easier when you're, like, when your window or, like, your range of outcomes is a lot shorter or, like, more finite in terms of, you're okay, like, I won't be surprised. Um, but, like, given that said, I, like, it would be such a bulls thing for them to, like, miss the playoffs and to get, like, fifth in the draft order. Um, so. <laughs> that would be brutal. I'm sorry. Yeah. It would be an Orlando Magic thing too, right? Yeah, it would be. An they Orlando end up with Magic. a Thompson twin to go along with their assembly yeah. line of yeah. six. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, just another gut punch. Just another another terrible gut punch. Yeah, I think Chicago should want the third pick. They've done pretty well historically with that pick. Yeah, uh, at least once. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned the greatest trade. I'd, I'd still I'd have to put Pippen for Olden Paulinus as a throwback. Oh, That's probably one of the greatest <laughs> trades in in Bulls history too. Um. We talked a, a lot about, um, you know, kind of some of the personnel that's on the Bulls. Um, let's say they do make the playoffs. You still are dealing with the fact that um, Vucevic is an aging player who's now going to be a free agent. Yeah. Um, you know, what, um, like, you know, this year aside, what is the path forward, like, next two, three oh. years? Okay, so when they made that Vooch deal and they made that DeMar deal and they uh, like shipped out like half their picks for the next decade, I think they sort of set themselves 
in terms of like we can only go down this road or we have to hit the eject button and like let everything let everything go um the path moving forward i think you got to figure out what you want to do with Vujovic in terms of, like you want him to sound like a small extension do you want to move him or let him walk if you let him walk oof, that's going to be like the the reaction to that one might be might be pretty bad because you're letting a guy walk for that you traded Wendell Carter Jr. a potential top like top 15 pick and Franz Wagner and you let him walk after like 2 years um you got to figure out what you want to do with DeRozan as well like Vujovic isn't the only old guy in that building it's DeRozan DeRozan's going to be 34 and he's going to want an extension as well so the Bulls are sort of in a place where they're like, well, like we got to like, we have to figure out what we have now um, while also trying to like balance the fact that they don't have any picks, like a lot of picks moving forwards. They have to make a bunch of these shrewd, shrewd signings that define guys in the second round, find these smaller gem players. I think they, they sort of have to, if I was doing this, I would try to sign guys or like DeRozan and Vucevic, like small extensions that can at least push you to like 2024. Five or 24 like keep this floating a little bit longer because it's shown that this team is at least competitive at times they are like very very bad like the bulls have shown last year that when the bulls like are outmatched they will get completely outmatched but if they're given any signs of life they will play hard like they made the playoffs last year that was a, that's a good feat that's the first time since that uh jimmy wade and rondo era they've ever made the playoffs. like think about how long ago that was right so obviously like i personally i do not want the bulls to tank i I think that's out the window. Like that's as like a fan, as someone who follows the team, like I don't want to go through that again. Like you said, you could get Victor Wembanyama. You also could get like the seventh pick for the fourth time. But I do think that they sort of have to ride this out, no matter like what the cost. And what if we get to there like five years down the line and they and they have all their picks back, we'll deal with it. But they sort of have to like let this ride out and sort of accept the fact that at best they're like a first round playoff team. Maybe they could upset someone. Maybe. But at best, they're like a first-round playoff team. And and you talked about this a little bit in terms of you said you know you don't really like tanking. Um, you know beyond just the fans being happier to finally experience competitive basketball, this is again another parallel with the Knicks. There has been a lot of debate within the Knicks, especially last year. This was where it was very loud. Where the Knicks were, I think they were the last team to not make the play-in. Um, okay. It's, yeah. There were five games out of the play-in, but. Um, they won 37 games, but they still finished with just the 11th pick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is there value in your mind, especially if the, if the Bulls play this out, unless Levine or, you know, someone takes a leap, right? They, they strike gold in some way. None of those players strike me as the kind of guy that's the best player on a championship team, right? And they're yeah, probably not deep enough. Yeah. So their ceiling probably is a first round. Maybe one year they play above their head or Lonzo's. I think that last year's team could have made some noise with a healthy Lonzo, but I don't know if Lonzo's health is going to be good. Um, but, you know, let's say they cap out as a first and second round exit and, and fodder for Giannis. You know, that's what the Knicks are too right now, so that's not meant yeah, as a pejorative at all. The Bulls had uh, had his brother for a while, for like a couple of weeks on the G League team. They just released him. So everyone's like, oh, there goes the hope for Giannis. But, <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, think they, I think he's been on every team in the NBA at this point. Yeah. Um, but... Um, you know, so I guess the question um, I'm asking is, do you know what kind of value is there? Like, even if you're not putting yourself in a position for a championship uh, and you're not tanking, you know, what is commonly referred to as NBA purgatory, do you think there's still value in, in being competitive, you know, maybe building a culture, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, like you said, draw a parallel to the Knicks. Um, I think building a culture is pretty important, right? I would say, like, the Knicks have, like, are establishing an identity culture among the team. It's better to be competitive than to be losing a lot and sort of be, like, meandering. Like, 
like even with OKC, right? Like OKC is probably like tanked very well, like outside of like those Philly hinky eras. Like they've tanked perfectly well. Like they're like sitting SGA out like the second half of seasons for like, like a while now, right? Um, and they have like massed, amassed so many picks, but like there's always the risk that doesn't work. And then also like you could be stuck in like even worse than NBA purgatory, which is like NBA bad purgatory, where you're like not bad enough to get the first pick, but you're not good enough to to be in to be like a a competitive team either. And that's also the risk as well, because that's what the Bulls were. They were always getting, like, the seventh pick, despite, like, consistently over and over again, like, being one of the worst teams in the NBA. Um, I think there is. Um, it seems weird to say, because it gets into, like, a philosophical debate, right, of, of, like, is a championship always, like, the number one goal, right, of building, like, a team? I, it, obviously, it is, right? Like, obviously, we all want our teams to win the title. But to call it, like, a successful season, you don't have to win the title. Let's say you can be competitive. Right, you can have like you can have a shot as long as you have a chance. I think, or like a percentage chance. I think you'll always, it's always better than that. Because with tanking, it's always so random. Sometimes like, you just have to have lottery luck at the end of the mm-hmm. day as well. So cool. I would take I would take what's going on right now, and that the Bulls are right now first, like looking like a first team. Um, maybe yeah, like you said, maybe like Lonzo comes back, his knees somehow like fully healed and like the bulls play out of their heads they get to the second round like last year we were talking about this like like you said um with last year's bulls like we were talking about hey like maybe they could like go to the conference finals if everything like strikes right which is a great season i would say mm-hmm. um but yeah i think it's more about establishing good winning basketball because at the end of the day i'd rather win more than lose um knowing that like you can at least watch your team play like late April. I did some piece a few months ago that did like a, I did a lot of research into teams in the lottery era that appeared in like, I think at least four or five lotteries in a row just to get a gauge on like the really heavy tankers. It wasn't pretty. Like it really yeah. wasn't. There was the no evidence that like, this is the good way to go. The King of the Magic have been that way for a long time now. Um, you know, where they seem to, they're bad every year. Philly got really lucky with him. It's most, great. He's awesome. so much of it. Yeah. Yeah. So much of it. You got to be lucky. You got to be lucky that the year that you tank is the year there's a a meaningful payoff. You've got to get lucky in terms of the order of the lottery. Sometimes luck is not winning the lottery. It's you falling to fourth in a draft where everyone's convinced they know the top three and they don't. Like, there's so many things that go into it that it just doesn't. And, but when you guys were talking before about the Lakers picks, I would never, I have no interest in those picks at all. To me, they have the least value of any firsts on earth because specifically the Lakers are not a franchise that you generally want to bet every five years. Like if you look at them every five years or so, this last decade notwithstanding, they always seem to have something going on. Like if there's a team you had to bet on right now that is going to sign Superstar X and he'll be there five years from now, that's the one you would go with. So it's not the same as we'll get Sacramento's pick in 27 or even <coughs> we'll get the Clippers pick. Into it. It's not the same. There's so much that goes into it. <coughs> and there's also the reality, we, we experienced it last year as, as Nick fans, and I think the Bulls did to a lesser extent before the injuries kind of tailed them off. They're the, 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 by far the most exciting season the Knicks have had in 20 years, they lost in the second round, and they were upset by a team that I think a lot of the fans thought that they would beat, and we all had visions of Knicks and Heat. And that season for so many people is the only season they have like that in their history as fans. That means something beyond, well, we'll piss away another season because maybe we'll get lucky in the draft. Like, that does mean something. 
Yeah. There were some great Knicks Bulls games that season, by the way, too. I think that was uh was that oh, yeah. Yeah. Two yeah. 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 That was I mean Tibbs that's I I love Tibbs at that time. I mean, hated Tibbs as the enemy, but like <laughs> I really I mean that Chicago defense, man. I remember them uh, you know, they were they were really uh, feisty and good to watch. Um yeah. and I mean I, I will say another team Speaking of the Bulls, right? Like the last time the Bulls got the number one overall pick, what did they have? A two percent chance of getting Rose, or yeah, it was a very small percentage. It was like less than I, it, it was two, either two or less than two. It was very small. Like they shouldn't have done it. Like it shouldn't have happened, and, right? And that's what it worked out because they were already a good team. That's there was a reason why they had just, somehow, yeah. And then they also got they also drafted Noah like a, like a year or a couple years before that. They drafted pretty well to get to build that like that like talent base out. I would say so. Yeah, it is, it is a little bit of luck if you do end up do tanking. Yeah, like you said about the Lakers, like they are like the team. Like obviously, everyone like gives the Lakers slack because of like what they did this offseason. Like they weren't really didn't around LeBron with the, the best talent. Anthony Davis still has his questions, but like they are a competitive team, and like the history of the Lakers shows that they'll always try to be competitive no matter what. So yeah, like I don't. I'm going back to like an early thing about like the trades. Obviously, I would take like anyone's twenty twenty seven or twenty nine. Um, like if, as long as there's like some other picks involved, but yeah, like you said, like that risk is always going to be there with the Lakers because they will always try to be competitive, no matter what, because they're the Lakers. Like it's just it's just how it is. I sort of wish the Bulls were like that, in a way, but they aren't. So like, <laughs> well, I mean, I think there is the allure, uh, you know, playing in Hollywood and stuff um, for free agents and all yeah, of that. It, it's it's LA. It's good weather, right? Like it's sunny. Like mm-hmm. and yeah, like you said, like it's LA. All the stuff. And I think a bit less pressure than some of the like. Certainly less pressure than New York. I don't know versus Chicago, but it's not like if you go to LA and struggle, you're necessarily going to get like booed out of the building. Yeah, I wouldn't. Say, yeah, obviously, like I'm not from LA, but I can only speak from Chicago. But yeah, it. I would say the pressure of the media isn't as high as it would be in like maybe mm-hmm. obviously like in New York, right? Or like Chicago. Yeah, debatable. But like New York, right? It probably wouldn't. It wouldn't add up to that. Philly and Boston. Yeah. Really in Boston, the fans will get on you for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's you could see it too. It's because like, like when LeBron left Cleveland for Miami, there was mayhem in the streets and panic, right? And uh, I'm exaggerating, obviously. But when my when he left Miami for Cleveland, all the Miami fans were like, "Oh, anyway, let's go to the beach," you know? Like it's just uh... yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. NBA fan cultures are interesting all around the country. There's always an interesting way as to like how some fans get upset i mean mm-hmm. in terms of their players mm-hmm. leaving like they all care but they all care in their own different ways i'll i'll um i will say i'm a little bit more skeptical of the lakers than you guys being good in 20 they really don't have any yeah, no, no, i will say this i was yeah sorry to cut you off but i'll say this about the lakers i i'm not that high on the lakers either um obviously lebron is lebron and ad has shown that he can be like a top five player when he's very healthy but he has not been um, I think the fact that they were, like, playing, like, Matt Ryan, like, heavy minutes. They're playing Austin Reeves, heavy minutes. Like, like Austin Reeves is a really good – is a good player. But, like, this is not who you want to surround, like, last year, good years of LeBron with. And, yeah, and, but, I mean, I'm saying especially for 27 and 29. Yeah. That's three, four years. Down, but they don't have any other picks around those years. Everything is either a swap or it's being traded. Um, and so they're not going to be able to really have assets to trade then. Um, I mean, they, there's always the chance they could sign free agent, but like free agents aren't moving that way anymore. Players are not moving through free agency; they're moving through trades, um, and they don't really have a lot of intriguing young. T- I mean, Austin Reeves is nice, but like you say, 
he is more. Uh, I do think they draft well. They have been a good drafting team yeah. historically. But the Kuzma, that's what I thank them for. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you should thank him for letting him go because I think he would yeah. put a lot better on that team than uh, than some of the other guards they have. Um, but I do. There's a chance those 27, 29 picks, especially if we get them unprotected. I don't think that's the worst bet in the world to make that those are going to be pretty high picks. But like you said, it's the Lakers, so they find a way. But um, people forget they picked they picked pretty high multiple years in a row. They had Monzo as a second overall pick, uh, Ingram second overall pick, uh, D'Angelo Russell second overall pick. Those are all in a very Randall seventh pick. Those are all within. Randall's also there too. They have those young guys. Yeah. Um, so those were all in a pretty close amount of time. And that's also because they did go all in on the last years with Kobe Bryant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, I mean, maybe 29 is a little bit too far out. But I, I wouldn't um, – I, I think there's a reason to believe those could be home run picks if you, if you make that trade. Yeah. Totally. BJ, I want to close by asking you – I want to start a new feature right now, thanks to you, which is when we have a guest on from another team – we want to tell that guest one nice thing about their team, and then we want to hear one nice thing about our team. So I will say, I could watch Alex Russo play all day. Like, yeah, he's amazing. He is amazing. It's everything. The defense, obviously, the athleticism, the intelligence, um, just what a he is so fun to watch, man. Yeah, yeah he's he's fantastic. His athleticism is so good; he doesn't get he beats the the lunch pill guy allegations. You know that every that I think he is, he, yes. he, like his, he, has, he has never got lunch pill or or choir boy gritty and all that stuff. Like he's just he's a good mm-hmm. basketball player. Um, yep. I will yep. say, um, Space Jam is one of the first movies I watched in theaters, and it features one of the most famous <laughs> Chicago Bulls ever. <laughs> uh, about the current team. Um, about the current team, I, I, I'll go with Lonzo. Um, I think he's, uh, yeah, like you said. I mean, you, you said a lot of good things about him, too. Uh, and, I mean, we, we have to credit what credit's due. Like, we're praising the guys who aren't the stars. But there isn't still what he's done with his career. Um, yeah. Not, oh, not yeah. just, I mean, he's still an extremely gifted scorer. He's gone to, like, almost, I know last year, for most of the season, he was almost at KD levels of mid-range efficiency. Um, and as a passer, though, that's what really changed in this game in San yeah, Antonio. Yeah. Um, so about current bulls, that's what I'll say. But I still have to shout out Space Jam. So <laughs> yeah, um, so try going, uh, yeah, good, uh, good things about the Knicks. Oh, but to answer your uh, your question about like your stuff about DeRozan and Caruso, Caruso, yeah, when you watch Caruso, um, one of those guys that you'd absolutely love to have on your team. Uh, he does stuff that doesn't show up on the box score. Um, amazing in transition defense, like all the little things that you that you wouldn't notice. Um, helping guys get in positions like there's video clips of him like pushing like moving guys on like uh, like out of bounds plays to make sure they know calling out offensive tendencies. Um, with DeRozan, um, yes. it's like it's he's never rushed. It's really weird. Like no matter like how big the moment is, he's never. He's also a really good tough shot maker, which is like a weird weird trait. Not a weird trait to have, but like a weird thing to describe to someone who wouldn't be like a basketball fan. But as like NBA fans, we all know what that is. Um, super clutch this year, uh, last year. This year, regression has sort of hit it um, that way. Uh, yeah, but good things about the Knicks. Um, Brunson has really looked a lot better than I thought he would. Not to say that he would be bad, but my thinking of the Brunson deal was like, oh, he's really good. He's a really good scorer. I'm just worried about giving a contract to a guy who's um, like like usage, heavy usage. Um, he's a really good two, but could he be a really good one on like 
a team where he's the guy, right? That contract is the guy. And to his credit, he showed it. Um, he's played really, really well. Um, I like a couple more things about the Knicks. Uh, the young players play really well. I really like quickly. I really do. Um, I think like guys who are able to get up three point shots, especially as guards, is a very good trait to have. And I say that as someone who who like watches a team that doesn't have guards like that specifically that can shoot off the dribble and hit, hit threes. Mm. Really do like it. Uh, one at Hartenstein in free agency. Um, so I'm very upset. That mm. Knicks, Knicks got that. He grabbed six rebounds, offensive rebounds by himself the last time the Bulls played to Knicks. And what can I say? Like Tibbs, um, Tibbs defense, right? It just those games are grinds, but like they they win regular season games. Like they beat teams they're not necessarily supposed to beat, and they do it by scoring less than 100 points, but they'll also make sure you don't get to 100 points either. Everybody seems to like quickly, except the Knicks front office. That's very interesting. <laughs> it seems to be everyone else on earth. <laughs> All right. Well, BJ Vamu, I want to thank you very much for joining us on this episode and becoming the official Chicago Bulls expert of the Believe Knicks podcast. Um, I want to thank all of you listening uh, out there in Radioland. And to remind you, the Believe Knicks pod is presented by Bet Online. It's also presented by me and Stacy and guests like VJ Vemu. So that is all for today's episode. Knicks play Friday night. Um, they will host Chicago before the Christmas game against the Sixers. Um, then after that, they're in Dallas Tuesday for a Texas trip. We will talk to you before then. Have a happy holiday for those of you who celebrate. And Sorry, for those um, of you who don't. Go ahead. Sir, PJ, was there anything you wanted to plug before we got anywhere? Um, yeah, sure. I'll plug something. Um, check out bloggable.com oh uh, for all your Bulls related stuff. Uh, still turning on content over there. We have every game analysis on every game. Uh, so yeah, check out bloggable.com over via estimation. Thank you. Good shout out for that. Um, All right, everybody. Peace. Talk to you in a few days. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.